Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hey guys, it's Riley here with Rule of Two. I wanted to do a special announcement before we started the latest episodes of Rule of Two. Starting in January of 2019, Rule of Two, which is available on the Collider Podcast YouTube channel. Well, guess what? It's going to move to the main channel. That's right. In January of 2019, Rule of Two on YouTube can be found on Collider Video's main podcast and main YouTube channel. So start there, everyone. January 2019, enjoy Rule of Two on the Collider Video main YouTube page. And you can always find Rule of Two every Wednesday on the Collider Jedi Council Podcast One feed. So stay tuned for the episode. We'll talk more about it then. Rule of Two coming back hot. Mark Fernandez here. Mark Jody Riley here. What up? Another person in the room. That yeah. we have to acknowledge. We've been trying to get her on for a minute, but she's, she's always way too busy. Well, she costs a lot of money for each yeah. appearance. Yeah, so. and like we never – like we we weren't good enough to no. have her on, but now she's on, right? It, yeah, because you know she's always wondering when is there going to be horror in Star Wars so I can yeah. be well, on. Well, the horror is real in Star Wars. There, there is the horror of space, <laughs> no. of of of, of uh, oppression. Yeah. And for the record, I've given up my little abstinence against uh, – um, you know, remember last episode I had a no last Jedi bashing rule. Oh, you're done with that I'm done, already. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Well, I'm back. Okay. I'm back, baby. Fine. Bearing the lead here. Perry Nemiroff <laughs> joining us here. I want to Grand, change the subject. Grand Moff Nemiroff. Grand Moff Nemiroff. Yeah. The Grand Moff Nemiroff, a staple on Jedi Council uh, of Collider. Here now for the first time in Rule of Two. Welcome, Perry. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this, this and, is great. And we brought Anakin with us too. So we, honored to be here along with Anakin. Yeah. And, yes. Yep. Yeah, and the and the is it the Hot Toys one? So this one, we actually you and me did the unboxing of yeah, it. Yeah, but I can't you know? remember what the like. I don't I don't collect yeah. these things. So it's I don't a know special the... edition uh, Comic Con San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Right. And it's Anakin Skywalker with the Sith eyes. That's right. Yeah, so well, it's a very, very special it's hot toy. This hot toy actually sits on my desk, mm-hmm. but today we have nothing to talk about. We don't know what's going on. 
Supposedly tomorrow there's like a Mary Mary Poppins comes out tomorrow. Yeah. That it does. And there's some there's kind of like this is what I'm hearing on the inside. Okay. okay can I drop some some bomb here? I'm hearing that if there is going to be something around Last Jedi, uh, Last Jedi, around Episode Nine mm-hmm. tomorrow, we'll know. Interesting. I'm betting against it. I'm betting against it too. I it's am. too. It's just that we would have gotten the name of the movie already or something. It's like, what do you think? I mean, they've what? got so many Marvel movies in the spotlight right now when it yeah. comes to trailers between Captain Marvel, Endgame, and also Far From Home. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. The, and those, all three of those come out before episode nine. They're going to make celebration really heavy about The Mandalorian and about episode nine. I yeah. just have this feeling that we're not going to see anything about episode nine until then. I think you're right. I, I, I mean, right I'm, I think it is going to be celebrations, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's something along the lines of the Force Awakens teaser we got on Thanksgiving that many years ago. It's still one of my favorite teaser trailers of we all time. We talked about that last yeah, show, yeah, yeah. how great it was. What if they did that? But oh. you're right. They usually announce the, tr- the the title, then they do the trailer. Yeah, we haven't even gotten the title yet. But that's where I was hoping they would follow Endgame's lead and do the trailer, drop it out of nowhere, and reveal right, the Right, because Endgame, we didn't know the title until the until that teaser trailer yep. came out, right? Yeah. So look, if it's going to happen in 2018, I have it on fairly good authority for whatever that's worth, that if it doesn't happen tomorrow – it's probably not happening in 2018. Okay. And uh, for those keeping or, score at home. Tomorrow would be today. Tomorrow would be today. I was just going to say we are <laughs> pre-recording. I before. I'm like, wait. Right. Right. We are so well-versed in the force that we have seen the future. <laughs> yeah. We have seen Hold exactly wait a tomorrow. So does Mary Poppins come out tomorrow? Mary Poppins is a Wednesday release. Okay. Yeah. So who? December 19th, Mary Poppins returns. Is in theaters. We'll see if we get a trailer. But this is we Rula will. 2. We are going to talk about... Everything out there in Star Wars right now, what the hell? Let's do it. It is episode 19, Rule of Two. Rise. This is going to be a rough one. This is going to be a rough one. Let's do it. The the last episode was so good. The last episode was so great, and that is right. It was episode 18 where we figured out everything we need to figure out for episode 9. We we came up with with the whole journey of the saga. Like, what yeah. would be Perry? Nemiroff is joining us. You heard her in the cold open. Perry, we want to get your thoughts on this first. And, and look, to Perry's defense, I just kind of dragged her in here last <laughs> second. Like, yeah. I, 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 she had no idea she was prepping for, for some other piece that she's working on. And I was like, why don't you jump on with us because we got nothing today. Sometimes that's when you get the best content, though, when yes. something just comes out of nowhere. Yes. I'm going to pull back the veil a little bit. We have come in with nothing every nothing. episode over the past month, I would say. And it has become the best shows because we talk, we fan out. It's episode nine, rule of two. We are a celebration of the Star Wars universe on the podcast one Jedi Council feed. That's the opening. That's we're doing it. (laughs) The shadow of the Jedi Council feed. The shadow of the Jedi Council feed. Last week, though, we came up with this idea that if George Lucas, we did the hypothesis of what if George Lucas directed the sequel trilogy what would that look like Mm. and what are some of the ideas he was playing with that he introduced in the original trilogy the force it's a living thing it binds the universe together he introduces midichlorians in episode one the idea of then darth plagueis the wise being able to manipulate the force create life seduces anakin to the dark side because he doesn't want padme to die and that's that right that was the 
the George Lucas kind of force thing. Yeah. So we were wondering what would that look like in the sequel trilogy. We started to come up with what would be the greatest payoff because what happened was what were all the new force powers introduced throughout the movies? We talked about this, right? And every movie, oh, they introduced force choke. Oh, then force speed. Then force Skype. Everything, right? Force resurrection. Yeah. Haven't seen it yet. Perry, do you think it could happen Ooh. in episode nine? Could like a lot of people jumped in, in on this? Realistically, or in this this uh, hypothetical George? No, 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 realistically, it's not going to happen. <laughs> look, <laughs> realistically, we're not getting look, that. Look, realistically, um, forget realistically because it's all conjecture. We're all just having fun. But um, there is rumors out there that say that George Lucas's Episode uh, Seven and his sequel trilogy talked a lot about uh, the midichlorians and the wills and all these things, right? I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. these. There was like rumors. even smaller yeah. microorganisms that would control now, there's also, the midichlorians. There's also uh, some factual evidence that points to the fact that George Lucas and Michael Arndt, when they wrote episode seven, it was a full production-ready script that was then taken by Disney, that was then changed by Kasdan and, and J.J., that one of the main elements, one of the main things that um, Kylo Ren's character, who I believe had a different name in the Arn script, uh, and like Nazar starts getting more hazy, but that that character who had fallen to the dark side, uh, that his primary uh, sort of mission or that his job or that his motivating action was that he was a collector of Jedi and Sith relics. Okay? Yeah. Now, we get a little tinge of this in The Force Awakens. Right. Right? We get a little tinge of this in uh, in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Right. right. Where, uh, and then you get a little tinge of it in The Last Jedi. Right? Because you see the uh, the amalgam of, of, of Luke's, uh, um, you know, archaeology throughout the galaxy sure. inside the Force tree. Right? The books, the compass, all these things. Mm-hmm. Now... It is our speculation that Kylo, when he was out there looking for things like Darth Vader's helmet, like um, uh, Anakin's uh, lightsaber, that all of throughout his journey he discovered the the myth of Anakin's ultimate fall into the dark side, which was his obsession with saving Padme's life. Right, mm-hmm. he lost his mother, wanted to save his life. The Emperor seduced him with the idea of that Plagueis the Wise could manipulate the midichlorians into creating life so that somehow Kylo stumbles on this quest <laughs> and that uh, by episode nine, right, Ray somehow dies, right? Like fast forward, Ray dies and that Kylo is redeemed by bringing her back to life. Mm. You know, like 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 some grand operatic closure to perfect moment. John Williams score swells. Just her up, like <laughs> you know. It's on. crazy how much more sense that makes to me when you tee it up like that. Because the second yeah. you say, "Oh, resurrection in Star Wars," hard no, you don't do that. That diminishes the stakes all around. Right. But if you kind of you know laid the little breadcrumbs like that and built up to a big character moment, yeah. that actually doesn't sound so far out of the realm of possibility. Right. It doesn't because look. It also asks, you know, not to interrupt you, but, no, you know, it also asks or begs the question, <clears throat> will Kylo Ren be redeemed? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I got yeah. lots of thoughts on that. So go ahead. Let's, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, um, that's a big debate yeah. happening now on, on everywhere. 
It's interesting going back and, you know, re-watching or re-listening to our thoughts, you know, a year ago mm-hmm. about that debate, too. But after the events of Last Jedi, I think that the answer is still no to that. Mm-hmm. I don't see him ever being redeemed. It would almost diminish everything that's happened to him. And especially when we hit the end of something like Last Jedi with what happens to Luke Skywalker, I feel like actually now that I'm explaining about explaining this, I feel like I might be uh tilting towards the other side too because i feel like the only way where i would be satisfied if he was redeemed is if something along the lines of luke force ghost came back to his life and was kind of coaching him from beyond and Mm -hmm. somehow managed to tip the scale for him in that kind of way i think the only way for him to be redeemed is if it's by luke's hand otherwise no i I love that Mm. because it goes into the thing i've wanted which is Luke Skywalker haunting his nephew. See you around, kid, yeah. is what he says. But, and so he's he's like his conscience. He becomes but, the conscience of Kylo Ren to maybe... It's the moment in the throne room, the fight in the throne room with what happens with Rey that made me kind of push that off the game board, though. That is their big moment. I love the fact that that is where that she is tries. You're right, you're but right. I, don't want, I don't want that moment diminished. So I feel like she's out of the equation, and if you bring Luke in, that's your avenue. I love that. Okay, so first of all, you're absolutely right that that's the moment where he makes his choice, right? Because, every, because even in The Last Jedi, everything before that moment seemed that Kylo was on teetering on the edge of, of, of flipping, right? You get the whole thing. The light with, is calling me. Mm-hmm. It calls light, me again. That's yeah, in Force Awakens. The light calls me. He doesn't, he doesn't shoot Leia. Like, you have evidence, right? And then you're right. At that point, there is a moment of, of, of decision where you're not sure. It's probably the best moment in the whole movie. Um, and then ultimately, he chooses the dark, right? So, let, But let's put our detective caps on. Okay. okay. Let's let's go beyond that moment up until the end of The Last Jedi. You have um, him killing Snoke. Then you have him ag- against Luke kill that dude. You have him realizing that Luke got the better of him, mm-hmm. right? And then you have him, um, you know, storming that base with the eight people that are left in the rebellion or whatever it is. Right. And you have him uh, looking up at the ship. And then having the last little force connection with Ray, right? Right. right. Now, when Ray looks at Kylo, okay, in my opinion, she's looking at him with the same eyes that Luke looked at Vader on uh, Endor. Okay, there's still good in you. I I'm not giving up on you. Ray kind of has taken on that mantle that because even in the Last Jedi, she is upset with Luke. And how Luke has treated Kylo. Mm. And, and and like to the point where they have a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have like the only time that you almost get like an interesting moment uh, in that whole thing is when they actually fight with each other, you mm-hmm. know? And like he's fighting with a stick and like all this stuff. And, and she's angry because she feels that Luke did Kylo wrong, right? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, Kylo looks up at the stairs and or, or, or the ramp of the ship, sees Rey, even though I... I it's like a force uh, a vision thing, right? Like, you know, they're feeling each other. And she's looking at him with eyes of, I don't know, it, it, it almost feels like a romance, right? And uh, like a lot of people talk about Raylo, right? Oh, yeah. You know? It's um, a big thing kids are talking Raylo's about. Raylo's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So given all this evidence, do you still think <laughs> that there's 
no opportunity for redemption? There's evidence there that says otherwise. I think there's there's opportunity for redemption. I just think it's gonna it's gonna require a lot of convincing from my perspective. Because I mean, with any franchise, that's one of the things that you know I'm not the biggest fan of when you have a really big moment where. They continue the story, and something that happens after almost wipes the slate clean to the point that I can't have the same powerful experience with that moment when I go back to a previous installment. So I want to see them do something, whether it's redemption or no redemption for him, where it still maintains that throne room feeling when he makes that decision. So if they can find a way to build upon that, I'm... I'm cool with that being a possibility, but it seems like a really challenging thing to do, especially with everything we went through with uh, with Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about someone who not only killed two Star Wars icons, but one was his father, one was his teacher, and it's not like... It's not like he did, you know, a little something bad. He was out to destroy and murder every single person at that base. And that is a very big thing to come back from. Well, I want to continue to keep our caps on, our detective caps on, because we always – my favorite thing about Star Wars in a lot of ways is the the rhythms and the echoes of story. Kylo Ren is following a Vader storyline. If you look at it in a way that – in Empire Strikes Back, Vader wants to recruit Luke. Father and son take over the galaxy. They fight, they fight, they fight. That's exactly what happened with Kylo and Rey in Last Jedi. She shows up just like Luke did. Um, but there's a little bit of a flip. She shows up like Luke did in Return of the Jedi. I feel good in him. And then they fight. And classic Sith move is, no, join me. Now we can rule the galaxy together. Mm. And she pulls a Luke and goes, no, I'm out. You know, no way. And they fight over the lightsaber. So there's some Darth Vader shades happening here. We already know, though, he's gravitating towards the light. But to your point, Perry, yeah, he killed his Han Solo. In talking about this, though, I also think there's a big difference in the end of his journey being, okay, we've wiped the slate clean for you. You are on a good page now. You and Ray go off into the sunset together rather than, let's say, he has his one teeny tiny redeeming moment before dying. That's where I think they're going to go. I mean, that's kind of another move so in you Star think Wars. Kill Kyle in Episode Nine. I think so. I think he will do something that will redeem him on paper, whether it's executed or not. See, well, is remains to be seen. But I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think that if you did do that, it'd be such an obvious. Vader move like mimicry of of episodes four, five and six that then you've completely wasted three movies. I I mean, because like race or is it the journey to that moment? Because to Perry's point, it's got to be it's got to be not planned, but maybe it's planned. But it's got to be it's got to feel satisfying. I don't necessarily think it would be a big waste too. let's say Ray winds up in a position where she's basically the one carrying the torch for a new Jedi order. Her her experiences with Kylo, I mean, that basically shapes her entire journey. She would never end up in that spot without what happened with him. That's sure, but, very true. But, I love but, that. But again, that is mimicry of 4, 5, and 6. There's no difference, right? Because what, what, what were we waiting for for 40 years was to see Luke rebuild the Jedi Order. We never got it, right? Mm-hmm. We got like three minutes of it, mm-hmm. if that, like maybe 35 seconds of it. Uh, but we never got that. 
right? But that was what we all thought would happen, and that's what the entire EU is fundamentally based on, is a rebuilding of the Jedi Order, right? Now, if you're telling me that that's the exact same thing we're going to get with Episode Nine, is somehow... Ray overcomes, defeats Kylo. Kylo at the last second looks up and says, I'm sorry. And then like dies, you know, like, uh, you know, like I feel like shit for everything I've done and dies. And it's the same freaking thing. I think JJ is on a mission to, and I look, I think this is very interesting because I think that episode nine is going to be the film that's going to have the most impact by the fans in it. Okay. I think that episode seven was about bringing back the old fans, mm-hmm. right? Bringing back the four, five, and six loyalists, mm-hmm. which it did an incredible job at. I think episode eight was about subverting expectations, right? That's what Ryan Johnson did, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, uh, Red Letter Media video where, you know, have you seen that one where like he's having dinner, he's having like wine, and like, Not seen that. And then like, no. and then like a chef comes in and like, he's like, looks at the wine, he's like, yeah, pour me a wine. And, and instead of pouring it in the cup, he pours it all over the table. And he starts laughing. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the Ryan Johnson <laughs> thing, right? He's subverting all the expectations. Sure. Episode nine, I think, is really going to be about J.J. Abrams really doing his best efforts to leave Star Wars in a better place than he found it. And that is a huge challenge. And for the only reason for, for that to actually work He's going to have to innovate and create a legacy that's going to live on for that next series of EU-type books that are going to build what happened to the Skywalker saga after Episode Nine, And it can't be the same thing of Rey rebuilding the Jedi Order. Like, it just it, – it's, it's not good enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I – but this is why I love The Last Jedi. The, the ending really doesn't give you a heads up on where we're going. Like there are so many possibility, possibilities. Ray building, rebuilding the Jedi Order, I could see happening in nine because we haven't seen that. We didn't get to see that with Luke. We didn't get to see that in the prequels obviously because they, it was already built. So that, that could be an interesting way to go. We don't even know the time frame. Is it going to be five years, two years, ten years? What, what are we going to see? Are we already going to be established? Are there going to be rebels hiding in secret missions a la Rogue One? Mm-hmm. There are so many different directions you can go. But to go to the point that I, we're all talking about with Kylo Ren, yeah. I hope he goes out a villain. I, I hope he's never redeemed. I would like to see him fully embrace the dark side and be but, a tragic let me stop character. Right there. Let me stop you right there. Feel, feel mm-hmm. free to jump in and interrupt at any point. If that's the case mm-hmm. and Ray's parents are truly just a bunch of filthy junk traders, mm-hmm. right, then that's how the Skywalker saga ends no, with a villain? No, no and it, absolutely not. There's more but that would what happen. You just said. No, I for, for the villain – for Kylo right now, Ren. No, that's that that's a very good point that I didn't necessarily think of in that exact way. Yeah. Because <laughs> the saga, I mean, he he is the end of the he family the of the family line. Correct. He's well, the last one. We don't know what's gonna happen with the character of Leia, right? Because Look. she's alive in nine. But you're right. That I didn't even think about that actually. That's it. That's I can't it. believe that's the first time I've ever thought about that either. I didn't I didn't really put it in that way. So you're saying, though, this is interesting. Okay, I think we got our show, guys. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, everyone. Well done. Um, Look, there's the still things I want to talk about with Perry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but the idea ahead. of him not being redeemed leaves the Skywalkers in a bummer, right? It just becomes, ooh, 
Does it, takes, Skywalker- it takes the greatest film franchise of all time, perhaps the greatest story like ever told, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. And it completely degrades it and minimizes it to a villain that doesn't have much of an interesting out. Like, I don't know about or that. Or could it break the mold of the traditional term of family? Because one of one of my favorite things in Last Jedi was the whole thing about Kylo's perspective on killing the past and getting rid of it. How that compares to what Luke is doing, where he is basically finally learning to accept the past and then build with it. Mm-hmm. So what if it necessarily isn't the continuation of the Skywalkers by blood, but it's more of continuing through Luke's lessons to Rey and then mm. her basically kind of taking up where he left off and using everything from his past to build for a future for everybody. And it's just not a blood family, but... Sure, but then... But- yes, I, I love that. That's a, that's a thematic kind of a theme, right? And that, like... Luke inspiring the galaxy at the end of The Last Jedi. He becomes a legend now. People are telling his story. Could that be the legacy of the Skywalkers? So look, there's a few things here. And, and, and one of them really, 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 really concerns me. Yeah, okay? I see it. I, I think that there's going to be little to no Luke Skywalker in Episode Nine. Uh, I agree. Don't say it. Yeah, really? I, I think yeah. so too. I think it's going to be – I think he'll, he'll so be there with, in, a, in you know Force Ghost capacity. I think it's like for a, like for like for like if, I, you, if you were to combine all his screen time into like screen time, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get between sixty and ninety seconds in the entire movie. No oh, way! I think no so. Way. I, oh, think I he'll thought get you more. were going to say something like six to nine minutes, and I'm like, well, people won Academy Awards on that amount of screen <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> Judy Dench. I, I would really be shocked if there was. That little of him in this movie. I'm telling you that that's my that's my gut, especially with the response to Last Jedi. I I fall on the side of the divide where I liked what they did with Luke and I liked the way he went out because it was meaningful and it was something I could take with me. Same pair. We're on the same page. If we're in a position in Episode Nine where that really is almost completely the end, minus maybe 90 seconds of Luke's journey and his teachings, that would feel like a major missed opportunity for one of the most important cinematic characters of all time. Whereas if they use the Force Ghost root yeah. and they infuse him throughout the entirety of Episode Nine, that's a way to infuse maybe even characters who aren't blood related to the Skywalkers, so, and you so, can continue so, the legacy. So first of all, welcome to the Disney sequels. Okay, mm. uh, it's all about subverting yeah. expectations. It's all about uh, we already have a track. Like we know he's in Episode Nine. We know yes. that. Okay, um, but I just, I mean, think about it. So let's say, let's say that. We go with with Perry's theory, okay? That he's going to be in there. What do you think? Maybe enough. Uh, you, you're thinking six to nine minutes of screen time, which is very I, little. I I would probably say if I, if I had to throw out a number right now and place a bet, I would go with ten minutes, which sounds like at least three solid, meaningful, meaty scenes to me. Okay, so then we can assume that those meaty scenes will happen. At least two of the three will happen with Ray. Sure. Yeah. Right. To go, to go to go with the meter and the rhyme okay. of of I of see Obi-Wan. I see the appearances of Obi Wan in Empire Strikes Back. He keeps showing up, right? Right, and He's, he lays he, he in some up. exposition, some mythology, some world building. Yeah. Some guidance, and then he's, he shows up on Hoth, shows up on sh- Dagobah, shows up on Hoth, shows up on Dagobah, right? And, shows up on Dagobah again for the last time in Return right. of the Jedi. He had one scene in Return of the Jedi. Okay, 
So about the same. Right, until the so end. You would when say he Luke is up. about the same as Obi Wan. Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm going with it. I could also say that the same kind of impact that Yoda had in the Last Jedi. One scene, he 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 appears. He does something. I don't want it either, Perry. Perry's shaking her head. I'm like, no, no, no. I want – again, if I don't get – It's going to be a ghost party? I want yeah, a ghost party at the end with everybody. I would love Luke to not only appear to Ray but to Ben. I've been saying – I've been banging this drum. I know you have. I love the idea because I think it's there. And I, But I'm going to Perry's point right now with this one in particular. Okay. The fans will but riot if we don't get let's more. Let's stop there for a second. Let's okay. stop there for a second. Right? We're going to keep our detective hats on, right? So you follow the evidence, right? Okay. So let's go with that for a second. Let's say that he does go to Luke. Okay? Who you mean Kylo Ren goes to Luke? I'm sorry, or, Kylo Ren goes to Luke. So Luke, well, okay, let's all just right. let, let's go with this. I mean, you've been talking about so, that on this show for a yeah, long time. Yeah, no, no, I was right? the wording was weird because I feel like Luke will go to him because he's the Force Ghost. But, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Luke yeah. goes to Kylo Ren, right. right? He appears to him as a Force Ghost, as a blue glowy. What is his point? What is his mission? Like what is his motivation to try to Bring him back from the darkness. Okay. So let's say he tries to bring him back from the darkness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. And he doesn't, right? To say to you that he's unredeemable, right? Mm-hmm. That's a waste of time. Sure. So, it, so it's, it's, it's another dead end in in the Star Wars uh, sequels, right? Could be. But I don't we, think that – I don't think J.J. Abrams is going to give us a ton of dead ends, right? Because no. If he, you look at, he can't. If you he look really at, can't. If you look at Last Jedi – my favorite character, and like I've talked about this here, one of my favorite characters in all the sequels is Finn. Yeah, Finn in the Last Jedi is a dead end. He's like, I would have cut all that Finn stuff out because it doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't do anything for the story. You can eliminate that entire thing, mm-hmm. all of it. Like uh, Finn, um, I forget her name, Rose. Rose. Canto bite, mm-hmm. their little stupid plot to like mess up the ship so they couldn't track them anymore. You can cut all of that out, and the mm-hmm. movie is still exactly the same. Very true. But so, so all those moments are character moments for Finn because that's where he learns to stay and fight. He finally becomes a part of the rebellion. I agree. I'm with you on the fact that the execution wasn't great. Right. That's my uh, my, that's sure, my sure, nitpicky sure. stuff from the but, but, from that movie. But aside from that, it's like my point is. Star Wars can't afford dead ends. No, and I wouldn't call that a dead end. If he goes to Kylo Ren, this is character stuff we're talking about, and the character stuff is going to motivate and affect other characters, and that's for Rey. That's mm-hmm. Rey's stuff that I think is going there because if she's banging the drum, there's good in Kylo Ren, and Luke, and there's somehow Luke's involved, and then he, and like, he comes back and goes, no, there's, there's, the, yeah. there's nothing but darkness, Rey. That then becomes something. And that becomes something that she, you know, a conflict between her and her master. That's good storytelling. Do you think, um, Perry? Yeah. um, When I watch, I watched Venom for the first time the other night, and um, I had your voice uh, ringing in my head as I was watching it. (laughs) And uh, Perry, Perry, curious as to why now. (laughs) Perry, Perry said something very eloquent about Venom that I that I really took into the viewing with me. Okay, which was that she enjoyed it as a buddy cop movie. Yeah, like it felt like a buddy film, right? Between Venom and Tom Hardy. If Luke is there with Kylo, is it that same kind of relationship? What are your thoughts if Luke actually does start appearing to Kylo? Because he does tease it to him. He's like, destroy me now and I'll be more powerful than you could ever imagine. I'll always be with you just like your father. He tells him something along that line in The Last Jedi. No, it's an interesting way to look at it. I think it could I think it could be something like that. In discussing all of this, it's like we've got two big things that we're talking about right now. 
whether or not Kylo Ren can be redeemed and then also how much of the movie Luke is going to be in. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling that this is the question that I need need to answer first. The will Kylo be redeemed question, because where it ends up will then dictate how much and in what capacity I think Luke is going to return. Because mm-hmm. let's say he is redeemed. Then I would take all the Luke material and I would put it in the Kylo Ren department rather than the Ray department. Because if that was their journey the entire time and if Kylo is basically in real life fighting against Ray, trying to destroy Ray and everything she's working towards. But then he had someone like Luke in his ear mm-hmm. the entire time. I do kind of like the idea of Luke in that way and Ray in real world kind of chipping away at Kylo to reach this ultimate end where maybe we have to say goodbye to him, but at least he's got that one last little moment. Hmm. I love that. First of all, like hearing that then makes me think, what the hell? And I, I thought this about uh, Last Jedi. What the hell is Ray going to be doing in this movie? That's why I love the end of the Last Jedi. We don't know. I mean, she didn't. Is she going to get like? Well, one, let's do, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know I love The I know, Last no, no. Jedi. Of course you do. And, yeah. and, and I respect you for it. And I tried to watch it the other day again. How'd it go? <laughs> not, not so good? Not so good. But, <laughs> but, I, but I did – I love that last scene You know, because, look, one thing I will say about The Last Jedi, it is photographed beautifully. Like, oh, yeah. The technical execution piece on The Last Jedi is all AAA stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, And in that last scene, I keep watching that last scene. Right, the the confrontation between Luke and Kylo. Yeah. Right. And I keep watching that scene over and over and over again. And first of all, there's one thing about that scene that I completely throws me off, and is that for 15 minutes you go back with Poe Dameron, who I think is terrible in that movie, and all that. Oh, well, you should follow him, and like after he killed half the entire fleet. But anyway, aside from all that, and the fact that the rebellion is like literally like if you count them on screen, it's like I think it's literally seven people. But anyway, good. Yeah. When when you look at these two, there's one thing that Adam Driver does that gives me cause to pause over all my redemption theories. And it's that Ky- Adam Driver does an excellent job in that movie. Completely makes me believe that he does want Luke dead, mm-hmm. that he wants nothing to do with the light side, that he wants – that he doesn't give a crap about – you know um, the uh, his his little sidekick character. I forget his name right now in the movie. Uh, Hux. Hux. He doesn't give a crap about Hux. Everybody are just. Pawns. I don't think he's ever given a crap about Hux. Yeah, nah. yeah. But everybody are pawns in his ultimate mission, which is not very clear mm-hmm. to me yet. The only mission I've ever gotten from Kylo Ren is let me finish what you started. Well, which is maybe I mean, to rule the galaxy as father and son or whatever the, I think the that, hell it yeah. might be. He wanted to kill Luke Skywalker. That was his mission. From Force Awakens, where is Luke Skywalker? To Last Jedi, where is he again? I'm going to kill him. Right. And then now – and then it leads me to believe because when Rey and has the confrontation in the throne room at the end there, he said, join me. Classic Sith move. Join me. We'll take over the galaxy now. So I think we're going to get a little bit of that. I mean he, he also I think wanted to take over the First Order. I think that was a very slight um, – character moment for him that you knew he wanted to do. In Empire, you're convinced completely that Darth Vader is evil incarnate and has no possible redemption. Right. Right? I mean, there's no... That's the thing. See, yes, there's nothing in Vader's arc until the audience gets that notion that he is actually Luke's father. That then makes you believe that there is somebody under there that was good. Very good point. Very good point. Because... Up until that point, that he reveal is, changes who he is. Changes it, the audience. But here's where you're, where I get your point with Kylo Ren. 
We've known Kylo Ren. We've seen Under the Mask. We knew he's the son of Leia and Han, two right. of the most endearing characters in all of Star Wars. So then when he kills – Trained by Luke Skywalker. Trained by Luke Skywalker. So then when he kills one of the most iconic film characters in history – Han. Han in Han Solo. The entire audience is like, F you, dude. Not only did you kill your father, but you killed my guy. You killed one of my favorite characters growing up. That automatically does the opposite of what we saw in Empire, which is put hatred in him. No, I don't want him redeemed mm-hmm. because he killed my Han you know, Solo. You know what? Um, sorry, I, I like. I feel like we're dominating the convo here, but yeah, well, I, I got a, I, I got on my soapbox. Darth Vader does the same thing to Han that Kylo does in a way, like narratively speaking. Okay, because for the first time in Star Wars, it's Darth Vader that manages to clip the proverbial, you know what I mean? Like uh, the the man. Han Solo, right? Like Han Solo is no longer uh, the guy who gets away from all the toughest situations anymore after he comes across Darth and Darth puts him in carbonite. Yeah, Darth stops the blasters. Well, in the the way you're describing it right now, it makes for a really poetic way to kind of mirror Darth Vader's arc, but with Kylo not being able to be redeemed. It's like everything we're saying about Darth Vader, Kylo Ren is basically taking it to another level. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I know. To your point, he stops the blaster bolts on Bespin. Mm-hmm. He then tortures him, tortures puts him, him on that thing, drops him in carbonite, gives him to the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah, that's some pretty dark. You know what? He's yeah. like, get out of Kylo, here. Kylo, Kylo walks him out, but well, Kylo kills him. Kylo kills him. Ky- Kylo goes, oh, a- I'll do you one better. But Kylo Ren killing his father is his ultimate last step to the dark side to get rid of that light. That was in that was a sacrifice to Snoke. He's like, you don't think I can do it? Because Snoke says it in Force Awakens. I'm sensing the light in you still. No, I can do this. I can do this. Kills Han Solo. In the novelization, he's hurting from it. He's like really, really like it's hitting him because he's still struggling with it. I didn't read all the way through Last Jedi. You probably know better than I do, Perry. But I – it's hard. It's it's such an interesting question on like where are we going to land? You know what else it makes me think? That – Kylo Ren's a far more interesting character than Rey. I would agree with that one hundred percent. Are you I kidding mean, me? Isn't I, isn't the villain always a little bit more, more yeah. interested than no, more interesting than the the first all, good-hearted? Yes. First of all, yes. But even from a, a a narrative dynamic point of view, if you look at if you look at uh, the prequels, if you look at the original trilogy, Obi Wan's very interesting character. Uh, Anakin Skywalker is an interesting character, even though he falls to the mm-hmm. dark, and that's what makes him even more interesting. He gets the best of both worlds. But Luke is a very interesting character. Han's a very interesting character. Leia's a very interesting character. I think that something happens, and like, I think Daisy Ridley's amazing. Like, 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 like one thing I will say about the sequels is that they did an incredible job with actors. It, like, Casting, mm-hmm. yeah. To me, the sequels are far more like character pieces than they are like story, mythology, story, like like plot-driven films, right? Like the prequels and, and the original trilogy are very heavy on the story element of it, right? Like mm-hmm. the story is extremely important. With these two sequels that I've seen so far, the character development seems to me more important than the plot itself. Because, mm. like, if you really think about it, Ray goes back to bring Luke so that Luke can help them fight the First Order. Right. Right? She fails in that, 
and she gets a new mission halfway through it. Well, she which, gives up on Luke because mm-hmm. Luke's not budging. Right, so she fails. Right? So she fails, yeah. yeah. But then, then also has that vi- – basically the connection with Kylo goes – So then she has gonna, a second mission. Yeah, turn right? him. Turn Kylo. Mm-hmm. She goes and does that and she fails at that one as well, right? right. Like that's why I think uh, – like like I forget who it said but somebody said The Last Jedi is all about failure. It's building it, character it, through it failure. Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That whole and, movie is about failing and that being the, the best teacher. Well, it's about, it's about failing that. and not having your own personal expectations met. That's why the idea of Rey being from nobody familiar to us always really struck a chord with me because we're so trained to look at franchises, whether we're talking about Star Wars or anything and just assuming you are important because you are related to that person who is super important. So the fact that she's got to take charge and become a leader and embrace all these abilities that she never even knew she had without that that kind of guarantee that because it's part of my lineage, I yeah. can do it. That seems like a really interesting new challenge to me. Yes. And and I hear you on that. And I think it's interesting. OK, yeah. but 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 just to keep going down that thread. Right. So even Yoda says, right, like failure is the greatest teacher. And I actually that, that to me is the single most important line in The Last Jedi. I love that line. Yeah. I'm a chess player. I'm not very good at it. But the reason I love chess so much is that it's the only game that it's fun to lose at. Yeah. Because once you every time you lose, you learn more than when you win. Because when you win, everything went according to plan. Right. When you lose is when you have to think on your feet. Yeah. Um, so. I totally love that. But so then what's Ray's third mission in The Last Jedi? Right? Like she fails with Kylo. She failed with Luke. What, what's her third mission? She succeeds in her third mission. It's to learn the ways of the Force and to spread that spark throughout the galaxy because she does take the books from Luke. The old Jedi text that, right. Ju- that Luke thought. And I think Yoda knew being all one with the Force. I think he knew that the books were with Ray, and that's why he went and but, killed it. Because that taught the them fight, Luke. Which was so great. After the fight with, with, with Kylo, mm-hmm. what happens to Rey? Like right after that fight, she disappears, right? And she ends up somehow in the Millennium Falcon. And she well, ends up somehow flying around, has a little bit of a space fight, and then moves the rocks. Yeah, I think she was able to call Chewie because Chewie took off, and I think they had this plan. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. made sense to me at least. So ultimately, like all she really does in The Last Jedi is try to get Luke fail, try to turn Kylo fail – have the best part of the Last Jedi, without a doubt, in my opinion, is the sexual tension that you get between Kylo and Rey. Like those sure. are the best scenes in the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, like all great. those moments where they're talking to each other through the Force. I could have watched that for five hours. Yeah, like I thought that relationship was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. um, but ultimately, where was it going? Right, it was going to maybe you know to some of the fans' point that the ultimate goal is to rule the galaxy. With two Jedi, right? Like, like that's what the rule of Sith or the, or Sith, even though he's not a Sith, but that's their dream, right? Is to buddy up and mm-hmm. like rule the galaxy, right? That right. that was Darth Vader's thing. Um, but with with Rey, once she has that turn, you know, she 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 goes and she moves the rocks, mm-hmm. right? Oh God, rocks, right? Which is supposed to be a joke. Uh, which, oh God, to me, that's like such a huge problem with like just when you get to something interesting, they throw a friggin' stupid joke in that movie. It's like the movie does such a good job at building and then destroying it with bad jokes. But um, that's really podcast all you get for from another her. time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But that's really all you get from her in that. Right. Well, it's because it's the middle movie in a trilogy, too. It's yeah. like we couldn't wind up in a place where, oh, she succeeded, because then I think we wouldn't be having half as much uh, discussions about what the future is of Star Wars in this iteration of the franchise as we are. It's because 
she basically she succeed she's really the only hope for the Jedi Order. And she the is. fact that she maybe she doesn't Jedi. know specifically what she's gonna do with all this information that she got from Luke and even these books, but the fact that she has them, that's like the teeny little that nugget of potential. Them. That she saved them. She saves them. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, keep going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just you can't wind up in a place in The Last Jedi where you feel any sort of uh, like a conclu- like a satisfying conclusion. And it's this idea of, oh, fail, fail, fail. But now I have this thing in the palm of my hands that could make me succeed in the future. That's what's kind of teeing up the next film. And I, and I think, with all due respect, my friend, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you are really discrediting Ray in a way that – if failure is the theme yeah. of of the Last Jedi, which it de- definitely is, and failure being the greatest teacher, yep. she fails at bringing Kylo back. She fails at bringing the Master Luke Skywalker back. I mean, these are big blows. She fails at learning her even her parents. You could you could say yeah, she yeah. got she got That's a failure too. You right. know, she gets some information, and we can believe Kylo or not, or see what happens in Episode Nine. But those are all powerful character moments. I mean, for her to go to like Luke Skywalker, take her, take her reaction when she hears Luke Skywalker in Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker, I thought he's a myth, and then she meets him, and then he basically turns her away because a couple was, yeah. and then she's, and then she's like, you know what? She has to go at one moment. She fights him, and then in that moment, she goes, "You're lost. I'm out." That's powerful stuff. For her to do that and then to go and save everyone and then get that teaching back in her head from Luke. Oh, rocks, which I love because there is that moment. It's so good. <laughs> Come on. Throw them facts your way. No, 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 no. It's just, you know what you just made me think about? What? Oh, no. What, and it's because we always say we're never going to talk about The Last Jedi. And okay. We always end up talking about it. But you know how like Luke. I blame him. Like, like Luke um, had disconnected himself from the force. Mm-hmm. Like I just had that flash in my mind like. He's doing with the stick thing, even though he like jumps across with like to kill the fish. Like that one scene of him like lifting himself up with the force after he falls. Yeah. Like that's you didn't like that? I mean I thought the whole point was you're disconnected from the force. Like like you turn pretty quickly Ray, there, my friend. Well, yeah, Ray's pulling it out of him. Are you kidding me? Ray shows with a up. stick fight? Well, you know, come on, he's not gonna pull his lightsaber. I know, but she pulls a lightsaber on him. She's going dark side. But I'm just talking about consistency of character. Like if yeah. you're pulling away from the from from the force, really after all this time of being outside the force, you're going to use it to avoid falling five inches on the ground. See, and you know what's so great about movies? <laughs> you know what's so great about movies? That's the one moment I felt that she was finally pulling him out and back into the force. Right, right. Right. Because that she, makes sense. That, you he, know, that makes she sense. literally pulls a lightsaber on Master Luke Skywalker and attacks him. And he, with training that doesn't need to be Force-sensitive training, right. he is able to dodge her. And then the one moment that he falls back, yeah, why don't you just fall? She pulls the Force out of him. Yeah. She literally – Wake up, dude. Well, that's he, the beauty of consistency of character, too, is then having that, establishing it, and then challenging it. Yes. Then it's challenged. He's challenged by Ray at that moment. And what does he do after that moment? She takes off, right? Takes all the Jedi texts. He goes to burn down the tree so, and can't do it because Ray's still in her mind. And then who shows up? Yoda for the final message. Right. Come on. It's beautiful. All right. So, so let, <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going down this thread. Okay? Yeah. So now we, hit it. we know that we have a lot of character uh, exposition 
that you can have all kinds of theories about where Kylo's story is going, right? Like Kylo's story is more like a traditional story, right? It's sure. got like it's got like an origin. It's got some conflict. It's got some climax. It's got some uh, you know some some different things pulling him in different directions. Where can you extrapolate Ray's story from here? Like, you're not the last the last Jedi you will not be and whatever. Rebuild the Jedi Order under the new tutelage of the great Poe Dameron. And, like, Poe Dameron is, like, the new guy and all this stuff. So we're right. Something's going to have to happen to Leia. Okay? Because yeah. rest in peace, we all know that in reality she's – The reality that, is worse than the story right now. Yes. You know, we don't have Carrie Fisher. We I don't have Carrie going. Fisher. We know that a lot of her scenes in Episode Nine, from news reports that we've reported on, are elements that they shot in Episode Eight that they're repurposing, stuff that they shot from Episode Seven that they're right. repurposing. So obviously, you're going to have to sort out the Leia stuff. I believe in the first act. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I right? totally agree with that. I would be shocked if they took it beyond that. Right. Yeah. Right. So somehow you have to resolve that there. Okay. Yeah. What is the arc? Like what's – not the arc. What What's the trajectory for Ray's arc in episode nine? Like I understand Kylo's potential trajectory, but what, what the hell is Ray? Like are they inevitably coming into a conflict with each other where she's going to have to kill him to restore peace and balance to the galaxy? Uh, I think it's – again – I mean is that the inevitable thing? Because that's was, a very different mission than trying was, to rebuild the Jedi. Right. But same with Luke. Where was Luke in Return of the Jedi? You must kill Darth Vader. Right. Right? Because it's – they're trying to kill the Sith. I won't kill him. There's still good in him I feel. And I think that – Creates it, the conflict of the arc. I creates, wa- yeah. But I wonder if maybe that's going to be a little you know, mirror echo that Obi-Wan did for Luke, that Luke will in turn do for Rey, which is you must kill Kylo okay, Ren. Okay, so then that's the There's... question for you. Do you think Rey wants to redeem Kylo? It's an interesting question to pose given where Last Jedi ended. Because even as you were describing it before, after the throne room scene, it's not like we get to spend a whole lot of time with her processing what no, just she's happened. Done. She's, she, she's out of the movie off onto the fa- Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's interesting to be in that kind of uh, situation trying to predict where she's going to go when we didn't really even get into her headspace much at all after that happened. So based on that fight sequence and her reuniting with everyone, I would imagine she's basically looking at Kylo with a big fat villain label on his forehead, but it also can't be that simple in the next movie. It's like, I thought you were going to ask me, what is Ray's arc from here? And it, it, even though I've loved that character, and I really do enjoy both movies that we've gotten with her, at this point, the only thing that my mind can even picture is the is like a very traditional and, dare I say, bland and dull hero's journey where, oh, she is the leader. She is the good. She will rekindle the Jedi Order. And I don't – I can't really pick, pick any pieces from what I've seen before to say this is how we're going to complicate her journey now. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say what is going to happen. You could say rebuild the Jedi Order. Sure. That's never happening. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen either. Because that's like a – that's a television show. Yeah. I mean like – you know. Like in, in um, Empire Strikes it. Back, Disney the, streaming with Mark Hamill building the Jedi. Star Order. Wars has tried to do this twice, okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the most effective one that they did was the gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. where it's ten years later. Right. Right. Like, oh, ten years have passed. Okay, I buy that. You know, I buy now that Obi Wan Kenobi has a mullet. Right. right. I buy now that. 
Jake Lloyd isn't Jake Lloyd. He's a hating Christensen. Right. I buy now that Anakin saved Obi-Wan from a pit of Gundarks. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I buy now all, you know, like that she's no longer the queen. She's a senator. Mm-hmm. That he's been training with Obi-Wan for 10 years. Right. That a lot has happened in the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one way to handle it. Another way to handle it is Empire Strikes Back, right? Right. With the classic 80s montage, which they do a great job with. But in the 80s montage, you get all this training of, of Luke, right? Oh, yeah. Well. Right? So now, let's say that, like, the whole Jedi Order thing can only be introduced as a plot story device or whatever if there is a passage of time between Last Jedi and whatever we get next. Which I think, to be honest with you, that's probably what they're going to go with. Because, like, I don't think they can do the immediately after no. uh, thing. Mm-mm. I totally agree with you there. And what Wait, if it's- you, you think that... You think that it's going to be a passage of time so that when we kick off with episode nine, she's already in the zone of creating the new Jedi Order? I think that that's if the Jedi Order is going to play into it as a storytelling device, the only way it's going to show up, it's either at the end of episode nine. That's that's where my mind is. I don't think episode nine is going to have much of anything to do with us seeing her physically with other individuals recreate the Jedi Order. I think episode nine is going to be a journey of her figuring out how best to do that without repeating past mistakes. And they're going to end up in a place where she is ready and has the knowledge and has the experience to do it and to do it right. And let's let's But is she on a collision course with Kylo, though? I I think her collision course with Kylo is going to be key to her figuring out how to nail it. Because he wants to stop that. I guarantee you he will want to find Ray again and maybe stop that. But think about it this way. Let's put it in the time frame yeah. and where we know at the end of The Last Jedi. And I know you make the joke about it, but I'm, I love this idea that there are seven people left in the resistance. That to me has the entire galaxy is against them and their backs are to the wall, which is any great – all know, hope is lost. Four weeks before, they had an entire republic. Yeah, I know. And then they were all destroyed in the ships and leaving uh, the... the four planets were destroyed. The Republic was much bigger than four planets. But The four planets and billions of people were gone and then right. Force of Wack- anyway, Awakens yeah, yeah. happened. Those are all details that obviously they, they didn't really care well, too much we, about. Well, they but, blew up all the ships right. and it was just that last ship and then they, they escaped in the Millennium Falcon. But that like any – and we talk about story and screenwriting all the time. And in the middle section of the screenplay, at one point towards the end, past the midpoint to the 75 page where you kind of hook people in, all hope is lost. That's where we're at with The Last Jedi. All hope is lost. Seven people left and Ray. So what is that going to do for episode nine? Then you start that new story, that last part, that last movie in the trilogy. Could she be collecting Force-sensitive people and turning them to their cause? So they're not Jedi yet, but she's being able to find people. Hell, what if like so she's why, some people why in the – Why else put Broomkid in the movie? Exactly. What, what is the point of exactly. that otherwise? You don't there, necessarily you need telling... Broomkid himself in the flesh to be the next big hero. No. But that is a sure sign that there are there... more people that can help the cause. And who knows? Maybe within the resistance, somebody ends up, you know – Hey, I think I'm, you know, force sensitive. Could it be a Finn? Could it be a Poe? Could it obviously with but Leia, isn't but we're going gonna... Isn't Broomkid really in the movie to validate the way that they killed Luke? To say that the legend of Luke Skywalker permeates and inspires throughout the galaxy. So giving him a martyr type status. No, Isn't that I really what the broom kid is about? I, th- I think that's part of it. I think that, yeah. But I also, I, I actually think that this probably speaks to how well uh, Ray has been woven into the franchise, is that I, I think it speaks to everything. I think it speaks to Luke's legacy and the potential for the future, too. Mm. Yeah, and I think the broom kid not 
there is that as Perry said, the legend of Luke Skywalker made it all the way back to Canto Bight and is inspiring him. But the very last scene is not I'm Luke Skywalker and I'm a Jedi. I think that's a big part of it, sure. But it's that there are more Jedi out there, that they're out there that she's going to not necessarily rebuild. What's the story before the story? Everybody wants to know, is she going to rebuild the Jedi Order? I think I want to see this. I want to see the down and dirty. We're, we're square one right now. We got to go find some people. We got to go find some Jedi, and she can maybe do some teachings. She can maybe have Luke there doing what, some teachings. So, so, so you basically think like they're going to have to collect allies. Look, they only have two hours, right? right? Believe me, it's this so, is a monumental task. Okay, so now from a screenwriting perspective, we have comparables, right? So are you saying it's going to turn into like a Seven Samurai type thing, where it's like here's the big bad, and we got to go recruit X number of people to fight against him, and then there's like a big showdown at the end? Because if that's what you're telling me. I'll sign up for that movie. That's exactly what I'm telling you. I love it. I didn't I even realize I was doing there. Seven Samurai. I think it makes sense storytelling-wise is that if you take what happened at the end of The Last Jedi and it, it's classic. I love the moment that the heroes back to the wall, all hope is lost. Last Jedi is all hope is lost, know, but, but there's a spark You also there. have to think that they have to pay fan service even though there's no fans of it. To to uh, to uh, to <laughs> I, think a, I think billion people. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm being facetious, but I know uh, to to Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. right? Like you've spent so much time building up this idiot that you're going to have to give him something, right? right? And I think Rose gonna... is coming back, yeah. with Finn, right? She's confirmed to come back, right? Rose is back in the movie, yeah, yeah. 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 So Kelly Finn Marie and Tran. Rose, so hopefully Finn and Rose get some redemption to their. Like useless arc of episode eight. That's going to take up some time. Yeah. Right? You're going to have to sort out the situation with uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. That's going to be the most troubling. Right? Then you're going to have to put in, uh, um, you know, Ray, right? So that's a lot of like passing out of like all of these, you know, it's almost like it's become like this ensemble piece. that's pretty equalized, whereas in the original trilogy, yeah, Leia and Han were integral to the story, but they were also very, very much supporting characters to Luke's overall mission. I, I mean, I think you can do it. I think if you look at the history that we've seen, I think that it's even – there was a mirroring of Apprentice happening in Last Jedi – Leia basically teaching Poe how to be a, a good general didn't land with you. I understand that. It didn't land with anybody, especially Poe. Eh, it landed fine with me. I was I saw it and I liked it. I liked Poe what Poe had to po, go through. Poe didn't learn one thing from Leia in that movie. You don't think so? I mean, he completely went against everything she told him. She, yes, he did because he thought this is the fog of war. I got to go shoot and kill everybody in, in order to get to a victory. And then she taught him that you have to actually try to save some of these people. And that another underlying theme was you don't destroy the things you love. And so at the end of The Last Shadow, he realized, uh-oh, right. so I got to turn so around. We got to save down, some of these people. So like in her sickbed, you know, poor Leia after she does her Mary Poppins thing, mm. the first thing that he does is – Start a coup against Holdo, who obviously was like Leia's like best bud if she was right. running the entire thing. That's his first 
course of that's his first action of heroism is to do a coup while they're being chased by the first order. Well, he was forced into that coup. He wanted answers, and so he took action after that because he sent out Finn and Rose to go find right, but the code breaker and all these kind of things. Which all fell apart. Which all failed. Failures. Failed. Right. Failure. So, so it was all it was all bad decisions. Absolutely. Bad decisions and failures that hopefully in episode nine we see them take these failures and they gain new but purpose. Yes. Bad decisions and failures with no actual consistent consequence. Nobody ever told them, dude, like you really, really, really fucked up. Uh, Leia did. Are you kidding me? How? By rewarding him, say follow him. He knows exactly what to do. He's proven it the entire movie. The very end, yes. Absolutely. He had that. She woke up. She they, they had that resolution. She comes in and teaches him a lesson by stunning the F out of him with a gun and doing the her <laughs> right. gun coming out because he did. He almost did a mutiny. He did. And absolutely. He believed he needed to do it in that moment. But then it was like the plan was always there. You didn't need to let Poe in on that, according to Holdo. But then Leia comes in and cements it, at least to me. It worked very well for me. However, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see – but some of the execution didn't really work, and I am the first to say so, absolutely so didn't work that well. Forget about that for a second. My bigger point here is how are all these things going to impact now episode nine, right? If That's we're the saying, question of the ages. If we're saying we have a pretty good idea of where the trajectory of Kylo is, right? It mm-hmm. seems like we're all in agreement yeah. that we all know it's going to be redeemed, not redeemed. Yeah, right? it's like, going like, to be something. It's going to be something like that. Like, is he coming back or is he not coming back? There really is only See, two ways to go thing. with when it. You, when you look at the the dark potential and the light potential, basically the dark is primarily geared towards Kylo. Hux is there, but Hux is kind of a secondary nobody to Kylo, which is what he's always been. And yeah. I think I've I've kind of been amused by that to a point. But too, when yeah. you go to the light side and you think about the main players there, you're right. There are so, so many that... If we're talking about a two-hour movie, I, I don't see how they're going to wrap it up in a satisfactory way for every single one of them. They're just going to have their work cut out for them. But that's that's kind of the hole you dig yourself to a point when you unveil so many brand-new heroes, especially so many heroes that did wind up striking a chord with people. Because mm, yeah. when we first started with Force Awakens, I figured that we were going to end up in a place where, oh— uh, Ray and Finn. That's cool. They could do that. But now it's not just Ray and Finn. We also have to wrap up Leia's storyline. We also have to now incorporate Rose and Poe. Oh. And because especially with what Poe went through in The Last Jedi, I thought that they were in a pretty good position in Force Awakens to kind of have Poe be, you know, a really solid, reliable right hand man. But he went through a pretty traumatic experience that is going to have to be addressed in nine. So now all of a sudden you have at least half a dozen main heroes that need to, one, use the lessons they learned and wrap up this trilogy yeah. in a satisfying way. <laughs> you know, it, you know it, like, like hearing, like, first of all, I agree with everything Perry's saying. I did too. That was and, great. But like, when I'm hearing Perry talk, I'm just like, wow, man, it sounds like a little kid who just told a really bad lie. <laughs> and he's got all well, of these Welcome loose, to Rule of Two, Perry. He's got all of these loose ends all over the place, has no idea. You don't think like, JJ has any idea how to do this? Is oh, that no, what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. You're talking about Ryan Johnson. I'm talking about just the state of the of the saga. Yeah. It's like this yarn that little Dewey the cat <laughs> got up and like started like <laughs> pulling at it. It's just like this big mess, you know. Like, um, and look, I think they have. First of all, I think that I've heard so many weird stories in the past like month. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard stories, and I'm just going to say it here because like only twenty thousand people, you know, listen to the show. Only twenty thousand, but like, uh, sir, there I've are heard a lot stories. of the podcast people. Just keep going up on that one. <laughs> I, I I've heard stories that Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams do not like each other. I've heard that too. Okay, yeah. have you ever heard that? I've I've heard it. It's just it's so hard for me to believe yeah. that they would have let Ryan Johnson. Oh, take take this really expensive franchise that's really important to this brand and just run with it. We'll Do figure out how to deal with it in but, episode nine. First of all, I completely agree with you. But if you look at the result, the empirical evidence speaks to that. It does speak to that. I don't think we could. I don't think we could assess it that way though until we see episode you know what else nine. I heard? I'm sorry to interrupt you. But, it's all but, good. But you know what else I heard? I heard that Ryan Johnson – this one is a rumor. This is like a bad rumor. But I've heard that Ryan Johnson actually wrote the script before uh, the Force Awakens script was rewritten by – He wrote it – no. He he, like, he was like, writing it while they were filming Force Awakens. He had finished it before Force Awakens we, even we, stopped shooting. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. But is the it, script is there. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I absolutely think they were in. They're in pre-production on episode eight while they're working on episode seven. In that interview with Collider that Ryan Johnson did, I think in that interview he does say that he wrote the script independently of the other folks, and that he was asking for opinions and stuff like that. Well, he knew what was coming. He had the script. He had the story. He met with. This is what I've heard. Met with J.J. Abrams. But did he met write episode Lucasfilm. nine too? Didn't, didn't there Ryan there was Johnson... a false report that said he was going to write the outline for episode nine, but that it was just eight, write and direct eight. He got all the story beats. He knew what was happening. He was watching dailies. He went and saw footage yeah. filming of Force Awakens. He knew what was happening with Force Awakens. He gets a bad rap. I mean, J.J. Abrams threw him. <laughs> he does get a bad oh, rap. He yeah. gets a bad rap. No, but what do you do when J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan gives you the script for Force Awakens and says, wait, Luke's not even in the entire movie? Where did he go? Oh, he went off too. Here you go, buddy. Have fun. This is what I'm saying, though. I feel like I'm not ready to fully judge Ryan Johnson's work and what he did with this franchise until I see how they run with what he did in the next movie. Because I think we could wind up seeing things in episode nine that hint at, oh, he really did know what he was doing and he was teeing up this pre-planned story because this is a. This is a franchise here. It would have been the dumbest decision in the world, and I just don't understand. I know some people take issue with how Lucasfilm and Star Wars and all that stuff is being run right now, but it's just priority number one is planning for the future. It's not Absolutely. just letting one filmmaker in the middle of a trilogy throw things against the wall and then keeping your fingers crossed. Yeah, Absolutely, but um, you, you can see that there is – empirical evidence that points that perhaps that is the case. But you're right. Yeah, I'm not willing to say that and agree with that until I see episode nine. Once I see episode nine, I might be on the same exact page as you. No no kidding. Episode nine. You got to get the full story to your point. Yes. Episode nine could come out and make me change my mind on The Last Jedi because of where we are. Even Force Awakens. That's why it's a monumental task that J.J. Abrams has. We didn't even talk about what I wanted to talk about. And they, gave us, they just gave us the red light. And we're wrapping it up. That's going to do it for – I'm serious. That is it. That's episode 19. Is that's it? Oh, wow. That's I didn't it. even realize what time we it was. we got to wrap it up, guys. This that's was fascinating, we? by yeah, the way, to be able to sit here and watch the two of you kind of ping pong back and forth. Oh, it's, man, it's really interesting I feel like we didn't to, accomplish anything on this one. This is what I'm talking about. I felt like we accomplished 
everything. You know why? <laughs> this is what we accomplished. A hell of a good show. Yeah. I even went, huh. Hell of a good show. <laughs> and I wanted to ask Perry because Perry is the only person at Collider that's ever interviewed George Lucas. I know. You know, so I wanted to talk to Perry about that. We did it. <laughs> No, right? we got on this tangent. Start, this is the thing. This is why <laughs> it's an amazing episode. Rule of Two, a whole 2019 filled with episodes. There will be many opportunities. There will be Perry. will right, be good, back. Good, but this good. is the thing, and this is why I stand by this episode. One damn comment. I don't even know where it started. <laughs> you, you, or me. And we talked an entire an hour and five minutes about it. Yeah. That's what yeah. Star Wars is. That yeah. is why we do Rule of Two. This is why we love the franchise. Even if you don't like The Last Jedi that much, or you do, or I do, yeah. or maybe you like the prequels more. Maybe you're an Empire Strikes we Back guy. We all love Star you Wars. Love Star we Wars. all love Star Wars. The story was enough in Last Jedi to get us talking about the entire yes. episode. Good point. That's a very good point. And that's what I love, and that's why oh, we, we do have done. to end we're it. Done, huh? We yeah. are done. It's episode 19 of Ruling 2. Please thank leave you, some Perry. comments. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Perry, for joining us. How'd you like the episode, guys? If you're on Collider Podcast, drop in some comments. We do check them out. But remember that next year, 2019, the first one out of the gate, we're going to be on Collider Video. You'll see us there alongside Jedi Council, alongside Movie Talk, alongside Collider Live and Heroes and all the great stuff yeah, we have Wednesdays, going here. Wednesdays, keeping the same day Wednesday. We will keep Wednesdays the same time. Yeah. But make sure if you like this episode and you want to give it four stars, great. But five stars would be greater. And you know what? You can find it on the Podcast One feed. Collider Jedi Council drops every Wednesday. It's episode 19 in the book. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Mark Fernandez. We'll see you next week. Rise. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change.